or one of the Pew Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 for the reading of God's Holy Word. We'll begin the reading at verse 23. Luke 9:23. Let us first ask the Lord to bless the reading and hearing of His Holy Word. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your wonderful love, faithfulness, goodness, and mercy. We thank you for giving us the Lord Jesus, your Son, to be our good shepherd, to gather us, to redeem us, to lead, provide, and guide us. And we pray the blessing of the Holy Spirit upon us now, our Father, that your word would go forth in the power of the Spirit and accomplish that which you purpose for the building up of the church of the Lord Jesus, the renewal of our lives, and the strengthening of our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke 9 Beginning at verse 23, this is the word of God. Jesus said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels." And now unto him who loves us, who has freed us from our sins, to Jesus Christ be all glory, praise, honor, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. These words of Jesus may be somewhat familiar to you. But let's try to hear them afresh today. This call to discipleship is recorded in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in each case, it occurs in a larger context, that context in which Jesus first asks his disciples, who do the people say that I am? And then he follows that question with, but who do you say that I am? And at that point, Peter makes the great confession of faith, you are the Christ of God. And then at that point, Jesus began to teach his disciples that he, the Son of Man, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And this was the first time that Jesus began 
to teach his disciples what was going to happen to him. At this point, Jesus began to speak of his rejection and death which would occur in Jerusalem. And he would repeat this two more times along the way to Jerusalem. And so this is the context in which Jesus gave this call to discipleship. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So now, let's seek to grow in our understanding and real-life application of Jesus' call to discipleship. Now, there, there are three verbs. Deny self, take up the cross, and follow Jesus. Think about how those three verbs, which are absolutely essential, they are necessary for true discipleship. They define discipleship. Deny, take up, follow. Consider how they're linked together in Jesus' call to discipleship. Let's begin with the last verb, follow. Well, the lingo of following Jesus is very familiar. It means being like Jesus or seeking to be like Jesus, imitating Jesus, obeying Him, and, and etc. So far, so good. But in this verse, you see, Jesus says that a necessary precondition to following Him, or, or what is required in following Him, the only way anyone can follow Him is to take up His or her cross daily. There's no following Jesus without the taking up of the cross daily. And we're going to consider what that means, taking up one's cross in a moment, but before we do that, we need to give attention to the prior step, the very, the very first requirement, which is to deny self. To be Jesus' real disciple is to follow Him, but in order to follow Him, I must take up my cross Daily, but in order to take up my cross daily, I must first deny myself. There's no other way. This is the definition of discipleship. But what does it mean to deny self? John Calvin regarded self-denial to be, quote, the sum of the Christian life. But what did he mean by that? Well, Calvin did not mean self-deprivation in the sense of depriving oneself of any of God's good blessings for life on earth, food, clothing, marriage, 
basic necessities or, or modest comforts within reason. Pastor Jonathan addressed this two weeks ago. Well, of, of course, we are to enjoy the good gifts of God and all of His blessings for life on earth in moderation, without ex- extravagant excess and opulence, but in faithful moderation with thanksgiving as faithful stewards of all that He gives us for the increase of His kingdom, His glory on earth. We are blessed so that we might bless the world with the goodness of the Lord which He gives to us. But nevertheless, in that faithful stewardship, self-denial does not mean depriving ourselves of earthly goods such that we make our lives miserable. No. Just think about it. It's not, Jesus doesn't call us (laughs) to thing denial. He requires self-denial. Simply, by definition, by necessity. Self-denial is required in order to follow Jesus because there's no way to follow Jesus, really, without denying ourselves. Now, what, at its root, fundamentally is self-denial. At its root, fundamentally, self-denial is the denial of myself as the Lord of my life. What is self-denial? Fundamentally, at its root, at its root, fundamentally, self-denial is the denial of myself as the Lord of my life. Your first reaction may be, well, that's easy. I know that I'm not the Lord of my life. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Well, hang on just a minute because it's not that easy. Because I'm not talking about, and Jesus wasn't talking about, what you think in your head. Self-denial is about the truth in your heart. That's where the action is. And John Calvin commented that The gospel is teaching which is intended not for the tongue, but for life. It involves more than just the mind and memory. More than just an ability to say what we're supposed to believe. (laughs) The gospel must take full possession of the soul and have its seat and home deep in the heart. Otherwise, it is not really taken in. So self-denial is a matter of your heart and mine. 
So no, denying myself as the Lord of my life is not an easy thing at all. It never has been. Ever since Adam rebelled against God and we fell with him into that rebellion, into the bondage of human pride. The problem with fallen human nature is not that we don't believe in God. The problem with fallen human nature is not that we don't believe in God. The problem is that we don't want God to be God. In our fallen nature, each one of us wants to be God. And although that's been true since the day of Adam's rebellion, it has never been more true than it is in our American culture today. The sovereign self. It's a matter of who is calling the shots in your life, really. Who is actively reigning on the throne of your heart, not in a sentimental way, but in a practical way. Whose thoughts really matter? Whose words determine your decisions? True self-denial is, first of all, the denial of yourself as the Lord of your life. And that is a train wreck in a culture which continually tells me that I am the center of the universe and that everything and everyone is expected to revolve around my personal happiness. And if not, then we've got a problem and the problem isn't with me. That's a far cry from bowing the knee and submitting yourself to Jesus as Lord. Just think of that language. Submission. Voluntary submission to someone else's authority over your life. Voluntary submission to someone else's moral and ethical authority over your personal life, including what you do in private, including the secrets of the thoughts of your heart. Voluntary submission to someone else's wisdom for the living of your life. Voluntary submission to someone else's agenda for you. Voluntary submission to someone else's definition of happiness for you. How does that hit you? 
voluntary submission. Christian self-denial means submitting to someone else's definition of happiness for you and adopting his way of pursuing that happiness. At its root, fundamentally, self-denial is the denial of yourself as the Lord of your life. It is a matter of surrender, total, unconditional surrender of the totality of your life to Jesus Christ. Have you decidedly denied yourself? as the Lord of your life. Have you unconditionally surrendered the totality of your life to Jesus Christ? That is the question. But let me be clear about what I'm asking you. I'm not. I'm not asking you if you have attained the absolute pinnacle of spiritual perfection. Nobody attains the absolute pinnacle of spiritual perfection in this life, not even the Apostle Paul. You can read about what he said about, what him, about himself in Philippians chapter 3. And, and listen again to this pastoral comment from John Calvin. He says, I do not require the Christian's conduct to match the gospel standard of purity and perfection. Although that is something we should desire and should try hard to achieve, I do not insist so strictly and severely that spiritual perfection be attained before I acknowledge a man to be a Christian. On that basis, every soul on earth would be excluded from the church. For there is no one, whatever progress he has made, who does not come well short of the mark. What then? Our sights should be set on the goal of aiming for the perfection which God commands. All our actions should be directed to that end. That, I say, should be our steadfast aim. Now, we can take that pastoral comment of Calvin and distill it into a familiar Bible verse, Colossians 3.17. Whatever, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, what could be excluded from that exhortation of God's word when it says whatever and everything. What could be excluded from that? What category of your life does not fit into the whatever and everything in that verse? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing is excluded. 
To deny self is to hand over the totality of your life to Jesus Christ and to aim and to struggle when necessary to do everything for the honor of His name. The question is, is that the conscientious intention, the consistent aim, the the overall trajectory of your life, the desire of your heart, is that what you want in your life? Is that what your life is about? To love, serve, obey, and honor Jesus Christ in everything you do and say. Now, by way of illustration, an expert marksman does not hit the bullseye with perfection every time he releases an arrow or fires his rifle. But he aims at the bullseye every time. He concentrates on the bullseye. And he practices over and over and over again in order to progress nearer to perfection, at least if he's serious about it. The best basketball player in the world does not swoosh the net with every shot, but he or she aims to and intends to. And that basketball player practices over and over and over in order to come nearer and nearer to perfection, at least if he or she really cares about it. That marksman and that basketball player have given themselves over to the goal of perfection. Have you likewise given yourself over to Jesus Christ to aim for his honor and glory in everything you do, you can't do that without first of all denying yourself as the Lord of your life every day. And the real evidence of that is, again, not not super spiritual perfection, which is unattainable in this life. The real evidence of true self-denial is spiritual struggle. Conscientious, deliberate, Intentional, ongoing, spiritual warfare in our hearts. The spiritual warfare by which we put to death, continually put to death, all of the impulses and inclinations and habits and actions and thoughts arising from our sinful nature. We don't mollycoddle them. Romans 13, 14 says... Put on, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. That is, seek to live in a way that pleases Christ, not in a way that pleases your sinful nature. Therefore, this call to self-denial is a matter of intentional decision. Conscious, intentional decision to submit yourself, the totality of your life, body and soul, to the supreme authority and lordship of Jesus Christ over your life with continual repentance from sin, turning away from your actual and particular sins, and a continual conscientious turning to Jesus Christ in persevering endurance 
as you and I respond to his call. And in order to live this life, we need the Holy Spirit to empower the means of grace in our lives, the frequent daily study and meditation upon Scripture, the Word of God, a life of constant prayer, corporate worship on the Lord's Day, every Lord's Day, faithful reception of the sacraments, and the edifying fellowship of the church. These are the means by which the Holy Spirit enables us more and more to deny ourselves and to submit ourselves more fully to Jesus Christ. Because self-denial is ultimately really all about Him and who He is and what He has done for us. Self-denial is a matter of fully embracing the reality that we do not belong to ourselves. The Scripture says to true believers, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. My body, my choice. A true Christian can never say that. Because my body belongs to Jesus Christ. My body has been bought with a price. And that means that you, body and soul, belong to Jesus Christ. This is, of course, the great and only comfort that anyone could ever have. But think about how offensive such a doctrine is, especially in our day, the day of the almighty sovereign self. I do not belong to myself, which means that I do not possess the rights over my life because I'm not the sovereign ruler of my own life because I've been bought with a price. I've been bought. Think of the language. I've been bought. Think of the language. I've been bought. I am a slave to the Lord of liberty. I am a slave to the Lord of love. I am a slave to the Lord of glory who himself became a slave and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross to buy me body and soul, out of my slavery to Satan, sin, and hell. Therefore, my only comfort is that I belong body and soul in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And therefore, brothers and sisters, again, From the pastoral guidance of John Calvin, yes, I would recommend get a copy of the Institutes, read book three. (laughs) We can help you with that. Listen to this. We are not our own. 
let not human reason and will therefore determine our plans or the things we need to do. We are not our own. Let us not therefore choose as our goal whatever might suit our own flesh, the personal desires and preferences. We are not our own. Let us therefore forget ourselves as much as we can, ourselves and everything around us. Again, we are the Lord's. Let us then live for Him and die for Him. We are the Lord's. Let His will and wisdom govern all we do. We are the Lord's. Let every part of our lives be directed to Him as their soul end. And as we make daily progress in self-denial in our relationship with the Lord Jesus, we will then be better able to make progress in self-denial in our relationships with others. With Jesus as the Lord of our lives, self-denial then means putting others first, quite simply, ahead of ourselves. It means doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. It means deferring to one another and being as concerned about their interests as about our own self-interests. It means loving one another as Jesus has loved us, which means laying down our lives self-sacrificially for one another, serving one another. It's very easy to say, but it's not easy to do. You first instead of me first. So you see, all along the way throughout this sermon, we've We've, we've learned really that self-denial involves a kind of death, a dying to self. And that's how it's connected to Jesus' call to each of us to take up our own cross daily. Now, the taking up of our own cross daily will, will look different in our individual lives, and it will look different in our lives at different points in our lives but in general to take up the cross daily is to die to die to self more and more every day so that the life of Christ might live in us more and more every day to take up our cross means to die every day to the concerns of our personal pride personal preferences personal status in this world. Taking up our cross daily means being ready and willing to make personal sacrifices in service to others for the sake of Christ. Being willing to be inconvenienced and burdened by the needs of others. To take up our cross daily is to accept disappointments and trials and tribulations and hardships and adversities and sorrows and even injustices without self-pity or bitterness or any doubting of God's goodness and faithfulness and without any complaint against God's providence. To take up our cross daily is to be ready and willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, whether social shaming, ostracism, public humiliation, economic marginalization, imprisonment, or even violent death for Jesus' sake. It means, in the words of the Apostle Paul, to be crucified with Christ 
and therefore no longer to live for yourself, but for Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. To take up your cross daily means to love your enemies, to do good to those who hate you, to pray for those who abuse you, to bless those who persecute you, not to repay evil for evil, but to overcome evil with good. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You know, these words of Jesus may be familiar to us and maybe a little bit too familiar. But think about what he's saying. He's calling you to give up your life for him. To hand it over. To divest yourself of yourself for his sake. He's calling you to lose your life. Those are his words. He's calling you to lose your life for his sake so that you may truly save it. And he's saying that unless you give yourself over to him, you will lose your life forever. But who, who, who could make such a demand, such a claim? Who has the right to say that? And who could give such a promise? Only someone who for your sake denied himself and took up his cross. and died under the wrath of God, bearing your sins in his own body on the tree, and who was raised on the third day, so that you, following him in faith, might not perish, but have everlasting life. To God be the glory. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank you 
for your word, your word of truth, your word of life, your word of living flesh and blood in Jesus Christ. We pray in his name that your Holy Spirit will plant your true word deep in our hearts and water it with that living water that comes down from heaven through Jesus so that it might spring forth with new life and bear much fruit to the glory of your name. Amen. And in response to the glorious gospel of our Savior, let us stand now to affirm our faith responsively in the words of the Heidelberg Catechism. Dearly beloved Christian, what is your only comfort in life and in death? My only comfort is that I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. At the cost of his own precious blood, he has fully paid for all my sins and has set me free from the dominion of the devil. He also watches over me so well that no 